The opening of Gehazi's eyes did not create the horses and chariots of fire. They were already there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know what that means? To us today, your angels are already there. They're with you right now. Your healing is already there. You need healing. It's already there. You need prosperity. You need provision. It's already there. Your peace is already there. Your joy is already there. Go to the word of God. Your word is the evidence of what's going on in God's realm. And God is broadcasting in his spirit realm 365 days a year. Whatever you need from God, praise God, it is available to you right now. The Bible tells tells us that your angels excel in strength, hearkening to the voice of the Word of God. And you give voice to the Word with your mouth. Welcome to the Living by Grace podcast with Al Jennings. When you receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, you will reign in life. Listen in as we discuss the effortless life of God's grace. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Living by Grace podcast. I'm Al Jennings. And today I'm going to continue in my study, our study. We're studying together. Hopefully you've been tuning in to these uh, episodes on enemies of faith. We are deep into it right now. Enemies of faith. That's our topic. Our faith has enemies. And so we're going to begin with just a little bit of review. First Timothy chapter six and verse 12. We're going to look at the first six words. It says, Fight, the good fight of faith. These six words tell us some very important things. I can think of three things that this tells us. First of all, fight. That lets us know we're in a fight. Second thing this tells us is it's a good fight. Fight the good fight of faith. The fight that we're in is a good fight. And that means it's not a bad fight. A bad fight is a fight that you lose. But it's a good fight, this fight that we're in, because Jesus won the victory for us. He finished the work on the cross. The finished work of Jesus was for our benefit. Not his, but ours. On the cross, he became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And let me say this. This is a day before Thanksgiving, and we have a lot to be thankful for. And let's just thank and praise God for the finished work of Jesus on the cross that has made available to us all these wonderful benefits. We have a wonderful inheritance in Christ Jesus. We are, we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are accepted in the beloved. We are approved. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are healed. We are prosperous. 
we have the peace of God. We have joy unspeakable and full of glory. So let's just thank God for all that he has provided for us in the finished work of Jesus. Amen. Yes, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. God is a good God. He is good, good, good. And so this fight that we're in is a good fight because Jesus won the victory for us on the cross. So the Bible tells us that in all these things, we are more than conquerors. The Bible also tells us, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. So I mentioned two things that these words tell us. Fight the good fight of faith. We're in a fight. It's a good fight because we win. And we didn't do anything to deserve it. We didn't do anything to win the victory. Jesus won the victory for us. The third thing that this tells us is it tells us the kind of fight that we're in. We're not fighting the devil, even though he's our enemy. We don't fight the devil. The fight that we're in is a faith fight. The devil is after your faith. All right. We learned last week from Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10 about the heart and mouth connection. So in Romans 10, 8, it says the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. Okay. The word of God is a faith producing word. We'll get back to that in a moment. But notice mouth and heart are in Romans 10, 8, 10, 9, and 10. Watch this. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That's the word of faith, which we preach. That's verse 8. And then verse 10 Excuse me, verse 9, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10 says, for with a heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So in order for faith to work, it has to be in two places, in your mouth and in your heart. So when you're operating in faith, you're speaking certain things over your life. Jesus said, you'll have whatever you say. So it's important to speak the word of God. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So if the devil can stop you from speaking the word, he's stopping you from operating in faith. And if he can do that, he has you where he wants you, but we're not going to let him do that. So we're in a fight, and it's a good fight because we win. Praise God. All right. Let's pick up where we left off last week. And Romans 10.8 says, The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith. So the word of God is a faith producing word. All right. We covered the point that very important point, and this, and we're going to expand on that, expound on that today, that the word and faith are 
synonymous terms. You can't have one without the other. When you have the word, you have faith. When you have faith, you have the word. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And to be specific, the word that we need to um, pay attention to is the word of Christ. Okay, another way to say it, the word that is for us today, we're under a new covenant. So even though we read the Old Testament, we need to filter our reading through the lens of the finished work of Jesus. Everything in the Old Testament that we read is not for us. Certain things are, like Psalm 91. We dwell in the secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's still true today. His angels encamp around about us. Though a thousand may fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, it shall not come near us. That's still true today because of the finished work of Jesus. But there are certain things that we don't apply to our lives today because they're not for us. They were under a different covenant. And so when I covered enemy number one, I guess I should back up and talk about these enemies that we already discussed. Enemy number one is a lack of knowledge of God's word. Okay. And when I talked about that, I talked about differentiating the covenants. And many people don't understand because of a lack of knowledge of God's word. They don't understand that we're today under the word of Christ. Okay. We're under a new covenant of grace because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And so there are certain things in the Old Testament that don't apply to us because certain things were only for the Old Covenant dispensation, okay? Now, enemy number two is a failure to act like the word is true, okay? So we talked about those. And today, you're going to learn why it's important not to be dumb, ignorant about the word of God. Enemy number one, a lack of knowledge of God's word. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people, God's people, are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Okay? So we're going to learn today how important that is, that you know the word of God. Okay? And we're going to have some fun today. All right. So the word and faith are synonymous terms. You cannot have faith without having the word. When you have the word, you have faith. When you, when you have faith, you have the word. And when you have the word, you also have information. Because the gospel of Christ is the gospel of grace. All right. Paul said, I'm not ashamed. Romans 1, 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the gospel of Christ is, is the power of God unto salvation. And if you read Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, you'll find that the gospel of Christ, the gospel of grace are both 
the same things. Those two terms are synonymous. Okay? Y'all still with me? Okay. So, the gospel of grace, the gospel of Christ are synonymous. And gospel, the gospel of grace, the gospel of Christ, that's the word of Christ that it's talking about here. Praise God. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, Romans 10, 17. So the word of Christ is the gospel of Christ. And gospel, what is gospel? It's good news or glad tidings. Gospel is good news because it's a good fight, praise God. And so what do you have when you have news? When you have news, you've got information. All right? And you've got information. When the word of Christ is preached, you have information about what? Information about God. Information about God. And God is a spirit. Jesus is a spirit. They live in the spirit world, the spirit realm. The Holy Spirit is in the spirit realm. So the word and faith are synonymous terms. All right? We'll come back to that. And so when the word is preached, you have information. You have news, the good news, about what's available to you in the spirit realm. So that's what we left off talking about. How do we know what's in the spirit realm? And we learn from 2 Corinthians 4.18. It says we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, temporary, or subject to change. And the things which are not seen are eternal. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, I'm just giving you some quick review. The word seen in 2 Corinthians 4, 18, the word sight, <clears throat> excuse me, in 2 Corinthians 2, 7 is talking about not just your eyesight. It's talking about all your five senses. So it's talking about the senses, all right? So when you see the word seen, sight, in those verses, it's talking about your senses. Now, we paraphrase a couple of verses, Hebrews 11, with our understanding of seen means the sense realm, and the word and faith are synonymous terms, so you can actually interchange them in the Scripture. So we're going to do that, and we looked at that, in Hebrews 11 and verse 8, it says, <clears throat> excuse me, drinking this coffee, I should be drinking this water over here. <laughs> okay. Now, <clears throat> we're going to substitute without doing any injustice to the Scripture. That's why I wanted to be very clear and show you for yourself that you can't have faith without having the word. You can't have the word without having faith. Okay, so Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now the word of Christ is the substance of things hoped for, 
Now it says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay. But now we're substituting the word of Christ or the word, okay, for faith. Okay. Now see how this sounds to you. Now the word of Christ is the substance of things hoped for. The word of Christ is the evidence. The word of Christ is the evidence of things not perceived by the senses. All right? Now, one thing's, thing that this tells us, and we'll get to this later, but faith, the word of God, gives us evidence of things that are not perceived by the senses. Now, these things that he's talking about are things that's in God's realm, the spirit realm. And it lets us know that what's in the spirit realm is not perceived by your senses. You cannot perceive them with your senses. Now, we'll come back to that. Hang on with me because one thing ties into the other, okay? 2 Corinthians 5, 7 for we walk by faith, not by sight. Let's substitute again the word for faith. For we walk by the word of Christ, not by the senses. So what does this tell us? The word tells us. This is how we know. What's, what's the question that I'm addressing here? How do we know what's in the spirit world? This breaks it down. When you understand that faith and the word are synonymous terms, we can substitute the word for faith. So... To say that we walk by faith, we can say we walk by the word. All right? And when we walk by the word, we're walking by faith. When we walk by faith, we're walking by the word. When we walk by the word, we're walking by faith. Right? So the word tells me what's in the spirit realm. Hebrews 11.1 1 from, from the Amplified. Watch this. Now faith is the Assurance. We can say the word of Christ is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Watch this faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So what faith perceives is not revealed to the senses. So the senses and faith, um, are, I mean, how do I say it? Faith, when you're walking by faith, you're not walking by the senses. When you're walking by the senses, you're not walking by faith. One has nothing to do with the other. Okay? Now, God gave us our senses. I understand that. And when you're crossing the street, you make sure that you uh, look both ways and make sure that no cars or trucks are coming before you cross the street. So you, you use your senses in the sense realm, okay? But when it comes to faith, you have to leave the realm of the senses. So faith perceives as real fact, what is not revealed to the senses. So my faith 
tells me what's in the spirit realm, which means the word tells me. Because faith and the word are synonymous terms, the word tells me what's in the spirit realm. Right? So, back to 2 Corinthians 4.18, we don't look at the things which are not seen. We, we look, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen. How in the world are we going to look at things that are not seen? Again, the things that are not seen are things that are in the spirit realm. How do we perceive the things in the spirit world? You cannot do it with your senses. Your senses cannot perceive what's in the spirit world. The only way that you can know what's in the spirit realm is with your, is with your faith. And faith is synonymous with what? That's right, the Word of God. So the Word of God tells me what's in the spirit world. We walk by the Word, not by the senses, okay? So to say that faith perceives what's in the spirit realm, okay, I, I perceive what's in the spirit world with my faith. How do I know what's in there, in the spirit world? The Word of God. Let me give you an example. Um, I have a, a couple of what they call set-top boxes. Um, one of them is called Apple TV. It's a little black box, all right? Looks like a hockey puck, all right? And then there's another one I have that's called Roku, similar shape. Now, they are both receivers. And there are, as I'm speaking right now, going through this house, passing through my ears, going, going through your wherever you are. I don't care where you are. There, at least in this country, if you're in this country, okay, Apple TV signals even though you cannot see them, you cannot perceive them with your senses. See, there, there are things that are in the natural realm that you can't perceive with your senses. Like electricity that's powering these lights in my studio, powering lights wherever you are. All right? You flip a switch, the light's on, but there's electricity that you cannot see. Right? You can't perceive them with your senses. Even in the in the natural world, there are things that you cannot perceive with your senses. But I'm talking about something else right now. But, but let's, let's stick with this example. Because Apple TV, wherever you are, and right here where I am, if you're in the United States, there are signals that are being broadcast that's in another realm. That the, we'll call it the realm of Apple TV. From wherever, I don't know where, they're sending out signals. Same with Roku. Wherever Roku is, it's sending out signals. 
And the only way that you can dial into what's going on in the realm of Apple TV is you need a set-top box. There's no way you can get it any other way. you got to have that box connected to your TV monitor, right? Okay. Now, if you buy a Roku box, that's the only way that you can get what's going on in the realm of Roku. Follow me? All right, stay with me. Now, I cannot pick up what's going on in the realm of Apple TV with a Roku box. I can go to Best Buy, bring home a Roku box, and try to find out what is on Apple TV, and there's no way in the world that I can ever do it with even with a brand new Roku box. I cannot perceive, receive, it's a receiver. I can't receive what's going on in Apple TV, all right? Okay, what do I got to do? I got to go get an Apple TV box, all right? Same thing is true in the reverse. If I get Apple TV, a set-top box Apple TV, I can't perceive what's in the realm of Roku. If I want to know what's going on on Apple TV, I've got to have an Apple TV receiver. If I want to know what's going on in Roku, I've got to have a Roku receiver. All right? Well, let's look at faith and the senses like the Apple TV and the Roku box. There are signals that God is broadcasting 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, Christmas and Thanksgiving <laughs> included. God is broadcasting in the realm of the spirit. There are angels in that realm. All right? Angels that are assigned to you. They're, they're in another realm. Angels are right there with you right now, even though you can't see them. How do you do it? You can't perceive what's in. You can't look for them. Okay, I don't see no angels. You can't perceive them. That's not how you perceive them. All right, now we're going to have some fun. This is the reason why I was so repetitive, helping you understand that the Word of God tells me what's in the realm of the Spirit. And so I got my faith receiver, See, which is the word of God. But my faith receiver, that's how I find out or that's how I pick up the signals of the spirit realm. Faith perceives as real fact <clears throat> what is not, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> what is not, what is not, what is not revealed to the senses. Oh, praise God. Now, my sense box cannot perceive what's going on in the realm of the spirit, okay? Just like my Roku and Apple are two separate receivers, faith and the senses are two separate receivers. My sense receiver can pick up what's going on in the natural realm, but there's no way it can pick up what's going on in the spirit realm. 
in order to pick up what's going on in the realm of Apple TV, I got to have an Apple TV receiver. If I want to pick up what's going on in the realm of Roku, I've got to have a Roku receiver. If I want to pick up what's going on in the realm of the Spirit of God, in God's realm, I cannot do it with my sense receiver. I've got to have my faith receiver. Praise God. Amen. Which is the Word of God. See, and now, once I get on Apple, once I got an Apple box, I don't have to wonder what's playing on Apple TV. All I got to do is go to my remote control, go to the menu, and scroll and see what's going on in the realm of Apple TV. And the same way, I don't have to wonder what's going on in the realm of the Spirit once I have my faith receiver. Faith in the word of synonymous terms. So once I have my faith receiver, the word tells me what's going on in the realm of the spirit. It's like a menu. I got first and second Corinthians. I got Romans. I got Galatians. I got Ephesians. I got Philippians. So I don't have to wonder what's playing on God's channel. All I got to do to find out what's going on in God's realm. If I want peace, praise God, I can go to Philippians 4, 6, and 7. That says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, thanksgiving, praise God, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, hallelujah, that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus, praise God. So I can go to channel Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I can go to Proverbs. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Actually, that's not Proverbs, is it? It's uh, I think it's Isaiah 26, 3. Anyway, you can look it up. It's it's on the menu. Praise God. You can look it up with a good search tool. Thank God for technology. We can easily whip out our smartphones or our tablets and we can search for scriptures and we can find out what's playing in the realm of the spirit. That's good stuff. If I've got some something I'm worried about, well, I can go to channel 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care, the Amplified says, casting the whole of your care, all of your anxiety, all of your concerns once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. I can go there and, and find comfort from the scriptures and understand that I can cast all my cares on the Lord. Praise God. See, and see, that tells me what's in the spirit realm. If I have needs. Praise God. I can go to channel Philippians 419 and my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. If I need healing, I can go to channel 1 Peter 224 by his stripes. You have been healed. Matthew 8, 17, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. See, I can get comfort from the word of God. I can see the word tells me What's in the realm of the spirit? 
Hallelujah. The word of God is the substance of things hoped for. The word of God is the evidence. The word of God is my evidence that I got my healing. See, when I need healing and I go to those scriptures in, in uh, like Isaiah 53, 5. All right. And uh, 1 Peter 2, 24. Matthew 8, 17. Isaiah 53, 5 talks about by his stripes, you are healed. So the word hallelujah becomes my evidence of my healing. See, to say faith is the evidence of things that I'm not, I'm not perceiving with my senses, I'm perceiving it with my faith. And, and, and to say that faith is the evidence, this breaks it down. When you understand faith and the word are synonymous terms, then I understand that the word of God is my evidence. That's what that means. When I say faith is the evidence, it means the word is my evidence of what I can't perceive with my senses. I'm perceiving it with my faith, and the word is my evidence. I can go to the word for evidence that I'm healed. The word is evidence that I'm prosperous. The word is evidence that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keeps my heart and mind through Christ Jesus. The word of God is the evidence that once I cast my cares on the Lord, he's got my cares. I don't. I can cast all my worries, all my anxieties. Praise God. If I'm feeling fearful, I can go to 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Hallelujah. That verse I mentioned in Isaiah 26.3, I believe. He will, he will keep me in perfect peace. Perfect peace. Actually, in the Hebrew, perfect is shalom in Hebrew. Peace is shalom. So both of those words, perfect and peace, in the Hebrew are shalom, shalom. Double peace. Praise God. Amen. That builds you up. I need some peace. I can go to that scripture in Isaiah and say, he keeps me. And shalom, shalom. And one of the definitions of shalom is nothing missing and nothing broken. Oh, praise God. Ooh, man. One other passage I want to leave with you, so powerful, in 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to look at verse 11. This is a story of the children of Israel when they were at war with the Syrians. And so, let me give you uh, a backdrop into this story. And I'm going to use some uh, creative, uh, artistic license here to paraphrase some things that will not, um, will not violate the Scripture in any way. I just want to paint a picture, a background for you. Okay. And uh, so, the children of Israel were at war Israel was at war with the Syrians. And so every time the Syrians would plan a battle attack against Israel, Israel would know their plans in advance and save themselves. All right? So 
the king of Syria thought that they had a spy among them. So he asked one of the servants, which of us is for the children of Israel? Let's pick up in verse 11. It says, and the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his, his servants said, none, my Lord, are O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Now, that's really not true. Uh, he was basically saying to the king that this guy, Elijah, he's a bad dude. He will tell you what's going on in your bedroom. He really didn't know what's going on in his bedroom. He only knew what the Spirit of God would reveal to him through a word of knowledge. Okay? And so it goes on to say in verse 13, and he said, go and see where he is that I may send and seize him. It was told him, behold, he is in Dothan. All right. So let me paint a picture for you. The king of Syria, once he found out that it was Elijah that was revealing the battle plans of his army, he sent troops over there. I don't know how many, let's say 100,000. And he surrounds the city just to get one dude, Elijah, right? Okay. So verse 14 says, so he sent there horses and chariots and a great army. Now, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say, using my artistic license here, I'm going to say 100,000. Okay. Doesn't really matter. It's a great army. That's the point. And they came by night and surrounded the city. Now, Gehazi was Elisha's servant. And so I'm going to paint a picture for you, all right? Again, I don't want you to misunderstand it. Some of this is not in the Bible. This is just me, but it's not going to take away from what's in the Bible, okay? It's not going to violate the Scripture in any way. Let's say Gehazi, he's, he's going up to the top of the mountain, to draw some water from the well. And so he climbs up the mountain, and once he gets up to the top of the mountain, he sees something that freaks him out. He sees that he's surrounded by Syrian troops, 100,000 Syrian troops surrounding the city. And so once he sees them, he freaks out, and he drops his uh, water bucket and he runs down the mountain and he goes to Elijah's crib. And he said, alas, my master, verse 15, when the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do? So he shows up at Elijah's crib and he said, my master, what shall we do? What should we do? We're, there's no escape. There's no way out. We're finished. We're through. We're going to die. The Syrians have surrounded the city. Oh, my goodness. We're going to die. It's the end. It's all over for us. 
And Elijah says, okay, now sit down. First of all, go in the kitchen and, and make, make us a couple of locks, a couple of bagels with cream cheese and salmon and capers and eggs, and lettuce, <laughs> okay. and, and make us a cappuccino, a couple of cappuccinos, and sit down, just calm down, and tell me what happened. What's the matter with you? Okay, so so after he goes in and makes the locks, makes a couple cappuccinos, they sit down. And so Elijah says, tell me what happened. He said, oh, my master, I, 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 I went up to, to the top of the mountain to, to, get, to get water like I usually do in the morning. And, oh, my goodness, as far as I can see, it's the Syrians. They come to get us. They, they, they come after us. We're going to die. There's no escape. There's no way out. What are we going to do? My master, what are we going to do? And so, cool, calm, and collected, Elijah says, come and show me. So they go. They go after they finish their locks and cappuccinos. They go out. And they climb up the mountain. Gehazi and Elisha. And Elisha sees a hundred thousand Syrian troops surrounding the city. Pause. Okay. Now, when you're walking by faith, it doesn't mean you deny the existence of what you see. Elisha saw the same thing Gehazi did. But he didn't get freaked out. And he says, he says, oh, because, see, <laughs> Gehazi says, see, see, I told you, we're going to die. See, look at all those Syrian troops surrounding us. We're finished, we're through. And Elisha was like, oh. And Ge Gehazi gets even more freaked out. Oh, you said, oh. <laughs> yeah, because faith is not denying the existence of something. Let's say you're sick in your body. Faith doesn't, doesn't deny that you're sick, okay? If you're freaked out about, I mean, so don't get freaked out about stuff because it doesn't mean, so sometimes people think that you're denying what is. No, 2 Corinthians, again, 4.18 says, we don't look at the things which are seen. It doesn't say we deny what's seen. It says we don't look at them. There's another scripture in Romans 4.17 that says, faith calls those things that do not exist as though they did. Another scripture says, faith, another version says, faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Think about this. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. It, it doesn't say that faith calls those things okay it says faith calls those things that be not as though they were 
It doesn't say faith ignores those things. It doesn't say faith calls those things that be as though they're not. See, that's denying the existence of it. It says, it doesn't say faith calls those things that be as though they're not. It says faith calls those things that be not as though they were. And it's calling those things that be not as though they were that will cause the things that be to be not. <laughs> so what faith does is it ignores those things. It doesn't deny the existence. It ignores those things. It denies those things the, the right to control you. See, that sickness doesn't have to control you. The lack doesn't have to control you. When you have lack, you don't deny that you have lack. If there's $10 in the bank and you got $1,000 worth of bills, it doesn't mean that the 10 you don't say the $10, uh, I, don't, I don't have these bills. It doesn't deny the existence of the lack. But you're not nervous about it. Because your word is the evidence of the prosperity, the provision that you're believing for. You're believing for God to supply all your needs so that $1,000 that you need will be taken care of. You're not freaked out. You're not nervous. You're not freaked out like, a, like Gehazi was, right? Because you're standing on the word of God. How do you know? That, that provision, that need will be met. I got my evidence. Remember? Philippians 4.19, And my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, that's why you cannot be, afford to be ignorant of the word of God. Remember? Enemy number one is a lack of knowledge of God's word. You cannot afford to be ignorant of the word of God because the word of God tells you what belongs to you, what's in God's realm. Now, back to our story, and we're about to finish, about to close here. But Elisha knew this. That's why he wasn't freaked out. Gehazi didn't know that. That's why he was all freaked out. So Elijah responded to him when he said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Elijah responded to him. Responded to him in a nonsensical way. Something he said something to him that did not make sense. Verse 16, he said, Do not be afraid, Gehazi, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Oh my goodness. Now, does that make sense? No. Listen. Faith doesn't make sense. Sense doesn't make faith. Faith and sense are two separate things. Faith is faith. Sense is sense. Dogs are dogs. Cats are cats. <laughs> They're different. All right? One has nothing to do with the other. See? Now, he said, don't be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Makes no sense in the natural. And so I can imagine that Gehazi says, 
Now, Elijah, you must be getting senile in your old age. I mean, I've been following you all these years. I never complain. I, I always do as your servant what you ask me to do. But this time, I, th I think you, you just off your rocker right now. You, you just you lost your mind more with us than with them. Let, let me break it down to you now. Now, bear with me, Elijah. OK, just let me let me speak. I usually let you do all the talking. But right now, just let me let me talk to you. Now, hold on. Now, let me let me give you some simple math here. And, and he turns around and he points. He says, you say there's more with us than or with them. Let me count for you. And he looks out at the Syrian troops and he counts 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000, 60,000, 70,000, 80,000, 90,000, 100,000 Syrian troops, mighty army. And he points at Elijah and he says, one points in himself and says, two. <laughs> and you saying there's more with us than I'm with them? Notice what Elijah does. He prays for him. Then Elijah prayed and said, oh, Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. Gehazi is probably wondering, what in the world is wrong with this man? You praying for me to open my eyes? You the one need prayer. Your eyes need to be open, not mine, because I see. <laughs> see, now, they're both seeing different things. Remember, you cannot perceive what's in God's realm with your senses. So all Gehazi is, is doing is looking at the natural, okay? And Elijah prayed for him that the Lord will open his eyes. His eyes were already open. What's he talking about? It's his eyes that saw all those Syrian troops that caused them to be freaked out. But, but, He's not talking about those kind of eyes. He's not talking about the natural eyes. His natural eyes are already open. That's obvious. He's talking about his spiritual eyes. All right? The eyes of faith. All right? He needs to see into the realm of the spirit, and the only way you can do that is with your faith. Elijah said, open his eyes that he may see. So, so the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. He didn't see before, but he sees now because the Lord opened his eyes. What did he see? Behold, the mountain was full woo, of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. Praise God. He saw an angelic host, a great army that was far greater than the Syrian army that they were facing in the natural. Praise God. See, Elisha, <laughs> Elisha knew 
Glory to God. What's in the realm of the spirit. Now, here's the point of this whole thing. Okay, we're, we're almost finished. But don't miss this point. This is very important. The opening of Gehazi's eyes did not create, listen, did not create the horses and chariots of fire, this angelic host. They were already there. Again, I want to say, praise God. The opening of Gehazi's eyes did not create the horses and chariots of fire. They were already there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know what that means? To us today, your angels are already there. They're with you right now. Your healing is already there. You need healing. It's already there. You need prosperity. You need provision. It's already there. Your peace is already there. Your joy is already there. Go to the word of God. Your word is the evidence of what's going on in God's realm. And God is broadcasting in his spirit realm 365 days a year. Whatever you need from God, praise God, it is available to you right now. The Bible tells, tells us that your angels excel in strength, hearkening to the voice of the word of God. And you give voice to the word with your mouth. Remember the heart and mouth connection. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Speak the things that you want from God. Speak them into existence. Jesus said you will have whatever you say. When you speak the word, praise God, you are accessing what is in the realm of the spirit. The word tells you what is in the spirit realm. Oh, glory to God. Amen. You got angelic hosts all around you. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Ooh, hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I hope you all got something out of this today. And that's all I got for today. We'll pick up next week on this study, The Enemies of Faith. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining. I'm out. Thank you for joining us today for the Living by Grace podcast. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved, totally righteous, and destined to win because of Jesus. Have an amazing day.